we're doing another podcast with Scott. Uh, he was with us last time. We covered a little bit of Leviticus offerings. And now we're going to do what's unclean and clean according to God. And it talks a lot about different types of animals that the Israelites were allowed to eat and what they couldn't touch and what, you know, what it would meant if they became unclean and then there was all kinds of rules that the priesthood Aaron and his sons would have to look at the people if they got infected with anything and they were kind of like the first CDC and the health department in my view so (laughs) we're going to be learning a lot about what they have to do. SEMA is uh, quite a bit smarter than me I was thinking oh no the whole purpose of this was they didn't have bathtubs back then, so that's why they had this thing going on. But no, you've cleared, you've cleared it up for us, so that's good. <laughs> All right, chapter 11, Clean and Unclean Foods. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, These are the living things that which you shall eat among all the animals that are on the earth. Whatever animal has a parted hoof, that is split hoofed and choose to cut among the animals that one you shall eat. Nevertheless, these you shall not eat the those that chew the cut or of those that have divided hoof. The camel, because it chews the cut but does not have a divided hoof, it is unclean to you. The rock badger, because it chews the cut but it does not have a divided hoof, it is unclean to you. The hare, because it chews the cut but does not have divided hoof, it is unclean to you. The pig, though it does have a divided hoof, that is a split hoof, but yet it does not chew cud, it is unclean to you. You shall not eat their flesh and their carcasses. You must not touch. They are unclean to you. So I wanted to go over the different animals that were mentioned that in terms of being unclean and what it really meant for split hoofed versus cut eating or split hoofed. There's different combinations of what they were told not to do and they could do. I figured since you are sort of a farmer of yourself, your own livestock that you have, what do you think about the split hoof and choose cut animals that you raise? We raise steers and buffalo. And, you know, both of them would fit this mold. I mean, they have a split hoof and... Uh, although buffalo, I don't think chew their cud. Yeah, I've watched the bu- you know, I don't watch the buffalo quite like the steers because they're wild. They <laughs> can't. Uh, yeah, I've been in the pen with them plenty of times, obviously for putting hay in there. But yeah, I've never s- seen them chew their cud. What you know, but I also hunt, and you know, so the animals that I hunt are also split hoof. What's interesting to me about this isn't the type of animal as much because. I see it, especially in the version you're reading, the word shall. So it says you shall eat. It doesn't say maybe, might, may. Uh, it says shall. You know, in my in my version it says may. So I don't know what the original was. I mean we can Oh, this is it. modern English version. That's a good point. So let me see if I can see what the King James says. If it's a must command, it's shall. It's the same as in the King James Version. Okay. So shall would mean what? Is it mandatory or discretionary? I, I believe that means it's mandatory. You had a question about my farm first. So when yeah. you, before I start picking apart what I saw on this, tell me what why you asked the question about the farm. Because I think you, you would know about the animals more than I can say about them. Because I've never even seen them. But I've but, never had a I've never had an animal I don't like to eat. That's the issue. <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> so I <don't laughs> I'm normally the designated eater. Yeah. And anyway, the 
so I don't, you know, I like everything. Right. So I don't see a difference here from a taste or anything like that. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's going to be, be a taste difference, but they're all, they're all good. Yeah. I mean, in the new Testament, these dietary things change where God says, whatever kind of essentially made everything clean. So it's not so much that we need to like, you know, change the diet according to this, whatever you eat, it's fine. But I do think there's reasons why God did this that are not just for like ceremonial purposes, although that's what a lot of will argue the scholars that this was strictly ceremonial stuff that to kind of keep them apart from the outside world which part of it is true um because god says he wanted them to be holy because he is holy but yet at the same time when we read all this there's a specific difference in what god says was unclean but yet today i know a lot of people eat those any animals you know that are in this list uh so that's why i was curious so all the livestock is really the the like the cows. What else? You said buffalo. That may not eat the cud, you're saying? I don't think they chew their cud. I mean, I've been around them enough to, you know, versus, you know, the cows or the steers. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's a noticeable thing they do. Yeah, they both eat grass. They both eat the same diet. So then they would chew the cud if they eat the grass. Because they got to chew it. I don't know how else they're going to swallow it. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah, it's just, it's, they would, you know, it's not as it's not as dramatic as a cow. But they both have parted hoofs, right? Correct. Yeah. So those are edible animals, according to this. And then it says, the stuff that you shall not eat are those that are to the cut or of those that have divided hoof, like a camel. And I think there is camel meat, like in the Middle East somewhere. I'm sure they eat it. <clears throat> um, but technically, under this... You weren't supposed to eat camel meat or a rock badger, which I would have never eaten that anyway. It says, because those are the ones that, even though they have divided hoof, they don't chew the cud, so they're unclean. And then the rabbit, which chews the cud, but does not have the divided hoof. So, like, I know a lot of the parts of the world, and even here, I've seen rabbit meat. They eat rabbits. We definitely eat pigs, for sure. But the pigs are supposed to be like cleaners in a way, like they eat anything. So they're right. like kind of like the vacuum cleaners, naturally. Right. We raised pigs when I was a kid. We ate rabbit fairly regularly when I was a kid. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So yeah. maybe you can answer to why do you think God said, don't eat these things as they're unclean? You know, when I read that, I, I just see the words to you. And in my Bible, it says for you, to you, for you. So I see it more like you're you're saying what the scholars say that this is is to set them apart. Well, it's definitely to set the Israelites apart. It's not like a commandment for the whole world, but then but I do see the like the principles that he has a reason behind these. And maybe because back then, you know, they didn't really have refrigeration or anything or cleaning practices of how to because the well, that's true. I mean, look at pork today. I mean, pork, it, although, I mean, I don't know anymore because everything that we have been told is, seems like a lie. But, you know, they always tell you with pork, it has to be thoroughly cooked. It has to be thoroughly cooked. Uh, so that would make sense versus I've eaten our steers and buffalo nearly raw. And I would be very, you know, I'd feel very comfortable eating it raw. Uh, what does that taste like raw? Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> yeah. We used to, well, as kids, I mean, it was common. We'd get the the uh, low fat hamburger, 
Yeah. And uh, we made can it was called cannibal sandwiches. You know, so now well, I'm they, putting myself as a real whack job out there, but I, I don't care anymore. No, they do. Yeah. I, I do know they eat uh, raw beef, and but they mix it with like lemon and other stuff to maybe cut down. Yeah, when we put salt and pepper and, and yeah. onions, and but I mean it was it was fantastic. Uh, oh, okay. You know what I eat now. I mean, gen yeah, I would feel very comfortable with my own stuff because I raise it. I wouldn't feel comfortable with store bought. Right. No way. Uh, but yeah. with our own stuff, I feel very comfortable. You know, I, you know, in general, I, I cook my stuff medium rare. Or, I mean, r rare. I mean, I would cook it towards the rare side. I don't leave it on the grill very long, you know, three, four minutes aside. That's it. You have that advantage of raising your own livestock. So you know exactly how it's cut and what they ate, which is a big part of why all these diseases, I think, are spreading. But the other thing that I was thinking about, like the pig itself, like pig farms, mm -hmm. most of the stuff now is... Uh, overseas like in China and a lot of the uh, today's farms like all the influenza stuff that comes out it's coming from pig farming actually that's how all these flus and uh, things spread from the pig Interesting. Farms. so I think God probably had a good reason not to include some of these animals and thought that they were unclean but obviously no well, I, 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 would, <laughs> I completely disagree with you because you said the word probably oh <laughs> i know god had a good reason i don't think he probably oh yeah yeah did. yeah <laughs> yeah he did have a good reason but it's not self-explanatory because obviously nobody really follows this stuff today right Correct. they're not telling us like god is saying all of this is unclean that's pretty obvious but then we know we can go to the grocery store pick up pork you've eaten all kind all of these animals including the rabbit so there's something must have happened that back then it was different than what it is today so verse nine these you shall eat of all that are in the waters whatever has fins scales in the water in the seas and the rivers these you shall eat all that do not have fins and scales in the seas and the rivers from all that move in the waters from any living thing that is in the waters they are detestable to you they shall be detestable to you you shall not eat of their flesh, and you shall detest their carcasses. Whatever has no fins or scales in the water is detestable to you. So the stuff that has no fins or scales are like shrimp, lots of different seafood, scallop, squid. Yeah, also, also, um, you know, shark. Shark, yeah. Wh whales, dolphins. Although right. a whale isn't a whale isn't a fish, but I mean, versus you know, we're we're eating freshwater fish, you know, walleye, perch, yeah. blue bluegill, those type of things, which would you have be a pond clean. For that too? We do. Oh man, yes. we're lucky. <laughs> we I'll just go live on your farm then. We've been very very uh, blessed. Yeah. So, but people do eat all these other types of seafood, right? We know that, like in a lot of. I mean, I've been to Hawaii and other island states where they have abundance of seafood. Most of the rest seafood restaurants always big on shrimp. And that's yep. one of those things that are also bottom feeders. They actually clean up the ocean floors. Yeah, I've never, just to be consistent, I've never met a seafood I don't like either. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's all just all, all, kind. all good. Yeah. yeah. I know they're tasty. I, I agree. I mean, all the seafood, like shrimp and all that stuff. I've eaten it. I don't know. This chapter always bothers me. I, I don't eat pork now, and I don't eat shrimp either. 
just in case if they carry any diseases that I don't think about, you know. But I'm sure other scholars think that probably this clean and unclean was mostly ceremonial. I don't know. 13, that these you shall detest among the birds, and they shall not be eaten. They are detestable. A griffin, vulture, a bearded vulture, a black vulture, the kite, the buzzard of any kind, the raven of any kind, the eagle owl, the short-eared and long-eared owls, hawk of any kind, a little owl and the cormorant and the screech owl and the white owl and the... That's a, a cormorant. So a, co a cormorant is still around today. They uh, they steal fish out of your pond. Oh, really? Um, yeah. What do they look like? Are they like... Um, they kind of have a long, very long neck. It's, I don't, it's kind of a cross between uh, maybe a duck and um, it looks like a small duck with a real long neck. It's an uh, odd bird. They're black. Huh. You know, when I just think of an owl, I mean, I've seen owls in the woods plenty. When I think of an owl, I just think that well, I would never eat that because they're a natural predator to the small animals that breed like crazy, the mice, etc. Um, but see, that's part of their diet, right? So like all the correct. ravens and the buzzards, um, they, they eat the dead pretty much like the vultures. They eat all the carcasses which from the previous chapter got things of every carcass is unclean that yeah. i think i can understand this part for sure you know the heron the heron is um an interesting bird too so a comrade really looks like a very small heron you know a heron is when we get them in our you know they could they come by the ponds regularly i mean we shoo them away because they steal the fish <laughs> and same with the comrade the comrades they steal the fish i uh, just a sidebar. I mean, we're beyond the statute of limitations here, so I can tell this story. So, you know, I the business that I own is called the Pond People. It's a pond management company, and I was met a guy one time, and there was a heron on his pond. And I mean, this, these herons, when you see them, they act like statues. You know, they they won't move unless you're close. So that's the way that they hide. I said, well, I noticed a heron uh, on your pond when you when I drove in. What are you What are you doing? with the herons, you know, knowing that, you know, people who own ponds don't like herons, but you yeah. can't, they're a protected species. You know, that's why I'm beyond the seven year statute of limitations. So I can tell this story. So I said, <laughs> what do you do? And his answer was, well, they taste, they taste like Eagle, which happens to also be a protected species. <laughs> Remember when you, when you chose to have me do this, you get my wacky, wacky sense of humor for no extra charge. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now I know what they would taste like. Um, so what, what's a hoopie? Do you know what a hoopie I don't, is? I don't know. I don't know. I just, I do have one other funny comment, but you just have to scroll up just a little bit because, you know, I, I had thought of previously before you read this of, of eating a non-bearded vulture, you know, but, uh -huh. you know, we have a bearded vulture. You can't have those, but, you know, a non-bearded one, those are fair game, even back in the Old <laughs> Testament. <laughs> All right. So now I'll get serious here. <laughs> Do they even have a beard? I, mean, like, <laughs> I, I have no idea. I, yeah. I have never been close enough. I mean, I've seen vultures. I mean, we, we have them around here when there's a dead carcass, the vultures come out, but I never yeah. checked to see if they have a, if they're clean shaven or bearded. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even notice that. The screech owl and the white owl, the scops owl and the osprey and the stork and the heron of any kind, 
the Hobie and the bat. So I guess those are all off limits. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Yeah. Thankfully bats are off limit. It's because, yeah. you know, this, I was just going to go out and capture a bat tonight and eat it. You know, it's like, they Oh really yeah. Do. They make bat right. soup. Have you seen <laughs> eat bat soup? No. no, I they suppose they do. Yeah. I wouldn't search bat out on the menu. Let's put it that way. Oh, but you'd be surprised. There's all kinds of delicious recipes, I'm sure, about bats. Uh, all flying insects that walk, moving on all fours, shall be detestable to you. Yet these you may eat every flying insect that creeps on all fours, those that have jointed legs above their feet with which to hop on the ground, even those you may eat the locusts of any kind, the ball locusts of any kind, the cricket of any kind, grasshopper of any kind, but other flying insects that have four feet shall be detestable to you, and these shall be unclean. Whoever touches the carcass of these shall be unclean until the evening. So I do know that you can eat, like, the only bugs is the ones that hop, like grasshopper and locusts. So whenever there's, like, a locust swarm coming by, I'm like, I'm just thinking that as flying food, really. They can just <laughs> gather all of that up. <laughs> they eat the crops, so what? Just eat them up, you know, like, eat those instead. The other bugs are definitely a no-no. So, like, I, you know, there's a whole push now that they're going to be start making uh, insect food products. Yes, yeah, part and, of the programming. Yeah. yeah, so on the World Economic Forum, they wrote up the article to help us with the disinformation consuming, like, bugs and why they're so yeah. good. And it's all because of climate change agenda and trying to get us yeah. to eat less animal husbandry protein and go all the insects. I just wanted to read a little bit to what they were saying that the our consumption of animal protein is a source of greenhouse gas and climate change, which I don't that's not true. Insects well it's a right it's a lie. So once you put that stake in the ground, this is what they do. Not the World Economic Forum. I mean, they're just one of the many. But anybody who's not on the side of God, this is what they do. They'll put a stake in the ground. And then they call that truth. And then once that stake in the ground is accepted, well, now you can build on that. Which they did, for sure. They just went crazy at it. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, are, like, God, like God didn't account for cows farting. I mean, I think yeah, he had that covered. Right? I actually I mean, think they're probably good for the planet. The whole cow farting? They are. If you look at the carbon, I did the, in one of my podcasts, I drilled that down about carbon because the CO2, that whole CO2 agenda, if we have yeah, no CO2, crazy. I mean, we all die if there's no CO2. I mean, they want to take CO2 down to zero. Well, you can't take CO2 down to zero. Yeah, I know. That doesn't. I can't believe there's people that actually bought into that. I honestly don't understand that because like... All plant life, we're symbiotic, where we get the oxygen, they get the CO2. The more CO2, the bigger the plants, more flourishing, more produce, everything. In fact, they've done, you know, like chambers with like high amount of pressurized CO2. And like the plants were like huge, you know. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. but what what's the reason? I mean, you and I know what the reality is. I mean, this is a satanic agenda. and. Yeah. Satan is in a battle with God for our souls. And part of the way he can accomplish that is to eliminate us. So these big lies, the planet is overcrowded and, and the climate is going to kill us if we don't do something. Those are monsters. Those are whoppers. But those are stakes in the ground 
to people who don't believe in God. Yeah. So they are simply implementing what they believe. And remember, Satan, he has a duty. So when you say, I can't believe people would buy this. Well, I get that. I mean, you and I would not buy this foolishness, but it is very subtle. Okay, yeah. It is very subtle. Uh, when I was in kindergarten, 1968, the weekly reader said it is irresponsible to have more than two children. Oh, and it also said that if your parents have an electric can opener, that is wrong because it's using the uh, limited, res re limited resources of the planet. Uh, All right, so now process that. They started programming this foolishness in little five-year-olds' brains. Yeah. And you know, how many that. people, right, they grow up, how many people bought that? A lot. You know, a, a lot. So, I yeah. mean, this is this is huge. I mean, they've been working on this for a long, 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 long time. Yeah, and imagine now, like, what do they do? You can't even find any mechanical appliances, anything. Everything is electric. And they want to control the electric grid. So that means they can turn it on and off whenever they feel like it. Everything you do, like if you count up every single appliance in your house, although it only takes like a little bit of electricity, you know, you were talking about the electric can opener. If that was a big deal then, imagine now where you cannot find anything, cooking appliance or kitchen gadget that's not electric, you know? So we're kind of... Yep. Yeah. And so that's, you got the, what you have there is the narrative counter narrative going on, yeah. right? This is Satan. So these are dialectics. Satan controls both sides, right? Yeah. So it's naughty to have an electric can opener yet. I want you to have an electric can opener because then I can control you. Yeah. Right? So it, it's quite interesting when I see this happen. I call, you know, I didn't, I didn't come up with this, but uh, I would, I was, clued into it now well let's see December it's about a year and a half ago this business of well first of all the Hegelian dialectic remember you and I talked about that yeah but then this whole idea of evil versus less evil evil versus less evil so you know Democrat Republican uh, CNN Newsmax okay so it gets us into this thought process that there's only these two choices but they have both choices they win no matter what choice you choose because ultimately we're rejecting god's commands and his principles exactly because if we bought into all these lies you know they're eating mealworms i mean even though god says it's okay to eat the hopping ones but there's a lot of disgusting things that i wouldn't even want to consider at all like look at the nastiness of this yeah, those look pretty good yeah and, you know, so I, I, I don't even, I don't even want to think about that they're putting this in the food. So what they're doing now, it's not, it's not going to look like this. It's going to look like protein bars. It's going, they're putting it in right now. They said actually in the article that they're putting it in the animal feed. I don't like you probably buy animal feed, right? Or you allow them to eat whatever. They eat, yeah, they're eating grass all year, all year long. Oh. It's just for roughly. Uh, let's see what time period may until november 1st so you know so what is that november december so for six months or so they're eating grass and then the other six months they're eating the hay so here they're saying that the consumption of insects will offset the climate in many ways but then <gasps> oh yeah right <laughs> And then he says that they were going to put it in the livestock. So insects require less care and upkeep than livestock. So that's their motivation. And then they says, we're running out of protein. We're, we're not running out of protein. They're just getting rid of 
the animal husbandry. They don't want to have animal farms and people actually take care of them. And then even if they didn't eat like livestock per se, even though in Genesis, that's the first thing that God talked about giving them livestock. You can eat grains and rice and all those, like half the world eats that stuff. So there is, and then vegetables, actually, all of these things do have protein. They're just not like in high concentration. So there's see, this is, you go back to number three there. This is how Satan works. I mean, there's always some truth. In yeah. with the lie. Okay, so then, okay, by 2050, 50, the earth will have nearly 10 billion people. Protein is the workhorse of the human cell. Uh, without it, the body can cannot produce some of the essential amino acids we need to live. Okay, so that's true. That isn't their goal, but they, Satan, you know, remember if Satan, if the beginning of this article had a picture of Satan in a red suit and a pitchfork and said, hey, this is a lie, you know, it would be obvious, but that isn't how it works. There's always truth weaved in with the lies, and that's what makes it really, Im yeah, well, it's, it's essentially impossible to discern without being grounded in what God says. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what I'm trying to do is hopefully a wake-up call. Because this is going to be in our menu, whether we like it or not, they're putting this stuff in your animal feed, it'll show up. They started with like beyond meat type of stuff, trying to make it, you know, not meat. But now they're doing a whole new level. They're putting it in all processing. So it says you can start small and work your way up. So it says... Maybe you're not quite ready to eat the insect, fair enough, but there are small and meaningful ways to introduce insect protein into your food chain. I don't want that. I don't want it to be in my food chain, you know? Uh, he says, how about incorporating it as livestock feed or purchasing animal proteins that have fed on insects? Well, I think they're going to have diseases, all these animals, because I don't think they can eat that stuff and not have the same repercussions as what the Bible is talking about here. If it's not good for us, I don't think it's good for the animals either. We got to go back up because I got to add, you know, what I've noticed here now is what you, are we on to verse 25? I, you've unleashed me tonight. Do you notice that? <laughs> Let me uh, that. <laughs> 24. Okay, so here we go. Even of these you may eat, locust of any kind, the bald locust of any kind. So I'm emphasizing hair. Remember we had the bearded. <laughs> So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you got locusts with hair, I mean, that's off limits. But the bald ones are are fine to eat. So, <laughs> so but no, no, not joking. Remember, um, God in, in this, yeah, I think it's in Matthew when God says to not worry, right? He knows yeah. the number of hairs on your head. Right. So, All you right, can so, eat some of the animals bald. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Locus. Well, he's like, oh, I lost my hair. Got it. <laughs> uh, I'm clean animals. Whoever carries any of the carcass of these wash his clothes to be unclean until the evening. The carcass of every animal that divides the hoof but is not completely split hoofed nor choose to cut is unclean to you. Everyone who touches them shall be unclean. Whatever animal that walks on its paws among all manner of animals that go on all fours, those are unclean to you. Whoever touches their carcasses shall be unclean until the evening. He who carries the carcass of these shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. They are unclean to you. 
So all animals that walk on paws must be the domesticated animals. Like I guess bears have paws. Um, those yeah, kind of- I mean rabbits. When they he mentioned rabbits before, yeah. rabbits don't have hooves either. They have paws. Right. So no paw eating animals. These also shall be unclean to you among the crawling things that move on the ground. The mole rat, the mouse, the great lizard of any kind, and the gecko, the lizard, the wall gecko, and the sand lizard, and the chameleon. These are all unclean to you among the crawl. Among that crawl, whoever touches them when they are dead shall be unclean until the evening. And anything on which any of them falls when they are dead shall be unclean. Whether it be an article of wood or clothing or skin or a sack, any article that is used for any purpose, it must be put in water. It shall be unclean until the evening, and then it shall be clean. Every clay vessel in which any of these falls, everything in it shall be unclean, and you shall break it. Any food in it shall be eaten on which the water is poured out of will be unclean, and any drink that may be drunk in every such vessel shall be unclean. Everything on which part of their carcasses, carcass falls shall be unclean. Whether it is an oven or a stove, it shall be broken to pieces. They are unclean and shall be unclean to you. Nevertheless, a fountain or a cistern where there is plenty of water shall be clean, but whoever touches the carcass shall be unclean. If any part of their carcass falls on any grain seed that is to be sown, it shall be clean. But if the water is poured on the seed and any part of the carcass falls on it, it shall be unclean to you. Wow. So there's a lot of carcasses stuff that, you know, you're not allowed to touch. So it's obvious that we don't really eat much of rats and mice and lizards anyway. I watch some of the survival shows like Alone and something where they're like kind of stuck out in the wilderness and they have the notice the theme is they're not really thinking about this stuff when they're actually hunting for any small game that they can find or they'll starve. So they'll eat like squirrels, whatever they can catch. And even seeing, you know, where they would take a mouse that he caught and skin it and then eat the little meat off of it. When you're in a survival mode, you're not really going to be thinking about what's bad here, right? You're just going to eat it. Right. So all of these things, like, you know, if it touches a sack and pottery or whatever, they had to break it and they couldn't reuse it if any of the carcasses fell in it or something like that. Or they had to wash the clothing. So you know what it kind of reminds me of? Although we're kind of used to our appliances today, like the washer and dryer and all the cleaning products to clean everything. So we don't really think about too much of how diseases actually spread. But in places where they don't have a lot of access, I think this is what's actually happening in small communities. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's say South America, Africa, and all these other regions where they're not necessarily keeping, religiously keeping, not in terms of religious, but just focusing on keeping their community clean. So you get all these kinds of weird spreads of like diseases outbreaks, right? Have you ever seen the um, the graphic of when, you know, the vaccine PSYOP, where yeah. they've shown how diseases, you know, decreased over the years as the vaccines got put in place, but then you yeah. overlay that visual with the amount of homes that had running water and, you know, we clean sanitation, and you can easily prove that the disease went down from sanitation yeah yeah, i mean we know i mean it obviously didn't go down because of the vaccines because those were designed those were all designed to kill us yeah they just stole that from the fact that we have better living conditions now and i've been in areas where i grew up initially 
you know, in communities that they didn't have like trash pickup, things that we take for granted. So I've seen it and the water would only come like once a week, take your buckets and fill up for the week. Minimal living, the stuff, you know, they would just throw their trash out the housing everywhere. Where I grew up initially, it was a place for all kinds of breeding ground for germs and you had to have a really big immune system to kind of handle it. That actually is part of your immune system developing too. I mean, now you know, hand sanitizer is not the, no. uh, you know, we've been, we've been conditioned to think that that's the savior, but it doesn't, that's not a good thing. Yeah. But the other extreme is just as bad. I didn't build up any, it was going to kill me. In fact, the only reason I live today is because we moved here. If my parents stayed in India, I would have been dead. No, no buts and ifs. Even if I go back within a week, I'm like seriously ill. I, I cannot handle any immunity over there whatsoever. What's interesting when you mention India, just think that through what you just said. So, I mean, you know, I've become a researcher and, you know, Grace's murder opened that door for me. And, you know, we had during the COVID era, 1.2 million hospital murders. We were number one on the planet, number one out of all 200 countries. And number two was India. So India, you would expect would be way ahead of the United States, right? With especially with what you described, but also their population is four times that of the United States. So shouldn't their death count, just everything else being equal, shouldn't it be four times that of the United States? And yet their death count was 531,000. Yeah, and most of those were, I think I know what the cause was, and it wasn't that. They're very, those, the, the, the healthy ones that live there all their lives, they can withstand a lot of it because it's you wouldn't really get it until you actually go there. But there is a bombardment of stuff that they're used to, which I would be like the American Indian going to India and then catching whatever they got and be like over for me. But for them, it's kind of part of their ecosystem. They're strong. And so if anybody's dying, it's really because of some dire thing that they're doing wrong or Mm -hmm. the chemicals that they took. Because they're used to all kinds of people living around them with hardly any sanitation early on. It may improve in some areas, but overall, like people are very organic. They got their animals, they got their trash. They got all the pollution from the new stuff, plus the amount of people interacting daily. It's a lot. Yeah, so I would expect if it's a real disease, like it's spreading like it's supposed to be, I would expect their population to be the same percentage everywhere worldwide if it was Correct. true. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 39, if any animal for which you may eat dies, whoever touches the carcass shall be unclean until the evening. And the person who eats the carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. The person who carries the carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. Today we have washer and dryers and so um but at least I think is was saying that basically you're dirty for a day until the evening. You know, I don't know. If there's any scientific reason for that, but every crawling thing that moves on the ground shall be detestable. It shall not be eaten. Whatever that goes in in its belly and whatever goes on all fours or whatever that has many feet from any crawling things that move on the earth, you shall not eat them. They are detestable. You shall not make yourself detestable with any crawling thing that moves, nor shall you make yourself unclean with them, that you should thereby be defiled by them. For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore sanctify yourself, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourself with any manner of crawling thing that moves on the ground, for I am the Lord who brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, 
You shall be holy, for I am holy. This is the law for the animals and the fowls and every living creature that moves in the water and every creature that crawls on the ground to differentiate between unclean and the clean and the, between the animal that may be eaten and the animal may not be eaten. I think this pretty much summarizes what God is doing, right? To differentiate between clean and unclean and the animals that may be eaten and may not be eaten. The whole chapter seems to be summarized in verse uh, 44. Be holy because I am holy. So God's separated the people they had to, you know, everybody would have seen them as different. First of all, you start with God is good. So you start with that premise. A father, when he tells his son or daughter, no, you know, they already know he's a good father. So say a four-year-old says whatever, and the dad just says no firmly. They're expected to obey. Why? Because they're his father. Be holy for I am holy just seems to be the most important verse right. to me kind of sanctifying them making them holy because he's their god and they are his people but we're also his people knowing this chapter today would you still continue to eat like the rabbit and the some of the animals that were mentioned that were unclean like the pigs and stuff and yes because i don't i don't see that as applying today why and because god we, made them clean no not that he made them clean but that he you know these were were laws you know and jesus came to fulfill all the laws so the restrictions aren't there anymore you know, no this, uh, this wouldn't be restrictions it was this would be voluntary understanding like how we talked about last time the principles are still good even correct. though it's not mandated to do any of these and they weren't for us anyway they were for those group of people that lived out with him. If we knew, so if what, what would change my mind if I knew the why behind this outside of, you know, do this because I am holy. If I knew that there was, you know, I, I would do anything that God told me to do, but he's not telling me what you need to eat in the New Testament covenant and the new covenant. But if, right. if, well, I, knew, if I knew what was the why behind these things, you know, why not eat the bearded, vulture whatever <laughs> you know you know so you know, that would that's not, but let's just talk about a rabbit so i mean would i eat a rabbit today sure it's not something i'm out searching for because i don't have time to hunt rabbit um <laughs> Do you know if, that cartoon but, uh what's his name the wabbit you know yeah, yeah so the, that's funny the, yeah bugs bunny yeah yeah so i don't have time to hunt rabbit but i mean if i had time to hunt rabbit or I had a beagle and, you know, he was trained, trained on rabbits, you know, would, and Grace was around. I mean, it would be fun. So then I wouldn't have any trouble eating that. But if, if I knew, which, I mean, I have not dug into this. If I dug into this and found uh, some of the, the smart people that know, knew what was going on, mm -hmm. you know, I'd have to trust them. You know, look back at some of the commentaries, especially the older commentaries. You know, so they said, well, the reason was is because people did not know how to skin a rabbit back then, just as an example. So, yeah. you know, rabbit's got a lot of hair. Well, <laughs> taking in hair into your body doesn't work, right? right? Yeah. So if people didn't know how to skin a rabbit back then, then I'd say, well, okay, well, that makes well, maybe sense. Maybe that's part of why it was unclean, because the things that the rabbit fur would pick up would transfer into the meat. But even aside from, like, knowing the real reason why God... What about just saying that these are unclean animals? Isn't that enough? If it's a principle, yeah. I just, yeah. 
I get, you know, you're really asking me, is this a principle? And I'm not there yet. Right. I mean, I could get there if I studied it. I, I mean, if I saw it as a principle, sure. All right. So chapter 12, purification after childbirth. Of course, all of this has changed with modern delivery methods. This was home delivery. So they really have to be careful because many mothers will die in childbirth. So this was super important to put down these laws back then, even though today, you know, we have the hospital system and stuff. This is really the same concept that you're asking about the last chapter, the last piece is because if the situation has changed that caused this, then you can see, okay, well, you know, God wrote this for a specific period of time. Even though, remember, God does not change. The situation that caused this has changed. Okay, well, then it doesn't apply anymore. That so. is true. But my only consideration with animals is that they haven't really changed. So the purpose of like shrimp, they're bottom feeders. Pigs are vacuum cleaners. Vultures, they eat the dead. All the scavenging, like the, all the scavenger birds, they're nasty what they eat. And they're not meant for... So whatever they eat, essentially we're eating. That's the principle behind eating anything that's detestable. Like they're putting in livestock today, the animal feed today. If they're eating unclean things that is going to cause animal diseases, it, those things get passed on to humans who Correct. eat. You wouldn't yeah. want all those animals if they were unclean and they were kind of like the natural organic earth cleaners to yeah. want whatever they ate and then pass on those diseases to you and they may not manifest for like years i mean you could have cancer you can have heart disease you can have all kinds and skin diseases too if you didn't prepare those properly so the next chapter we'll talk about the skin disease yeah i mean that's that's right that's i have not invested the time to answer yeah your question properly but the only thing is that like even though modern ways have changed where they're like maybe do things in factories and different ways to process them even though it doesn't damage us immediately i do think they're harmful so i'm kind of sticking to the principle that whatever god said was unclean like i'm still going to honor it today not because of religious purposes just for health reasons only you're interesting in in that you um you come to that conclusion without being a legalist yeah so when i when i knew I was one of God's when I learned that I couldn't run fast enough from legalism because I grew up in the Catholic environment, which is all legalist. When I saw what the gospel was, I thought, oh my gosh, this is so anything. I I just would have a tendency that anything that, well, I know positively anything that becomes a have to is, is not right. You know, that right. is not part of the gospel. Uh, so you and have to pull out the principle, but even even principles can become have-tos. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, but like you want to try to honor God's word and try to understand his intent, why he's doing what he's doing. I don't think he's forcing anything on people. He is commanding the Israelites, but there are Correct. many, many verses in the New Testament that talk about dietary laws and what these commandments are and whether they apply to us or not. So I'm not really too concerned about in that respect all i'm saying is that if god said these are unclean creatures like the like you wouldn't want to touch dead things anyway because i know those carry diseases right unless you're like all hazmat suits wanting to touch these things 
otherwise, those things transfer onto you, and then you can, you know, touch your face and all kinds of things, and it's in you. That's how diseases spread. I've seen in other parts of the world where they don't have any care of what they do around their environment. If they just had a little bit of cleansiness attitude, and even applying some of these principles to them, I guarantee you there wouldn't be that many communal diseases that like would spread like that. So I do have respect for what he's saying that is clean or unclean, whether you do it or not. I mean, that's up to you. That has nothing to do with. Yep. No, it's it's good. It's good. I mean, yeah. I, I, I appreciate you asking the question and it means that it requires more thought. Yeah. Which we come back to. Hopefully we'll see some in the new Testament. So the childbirth, like I said, it was a serious event for women. So I think that had to did say what he was going to say. So let's read that. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel saying, if women has conceived and bears a male child, then she shall be unclean for seven days. And it is in the days of her monthly menstruation, she shall be unclean. On the eighth day of the flesh, of his foreskin shall be circumcised and then shall then continue in her blood of purifying for 33 days. She shall not touch anything holy nor come into the sanctuary until the days of her purifying are fulfilled. But if she gives birth to a female child, then she's unclean for two weeks as is in her monthly menstruation and she shall continue in her blood of her purifying for 60 days. So there's less time to get clean for a male child, but then twice as much for a female child what do you think about that like are we genetically <laughs> i don't know if i can i don't know if i could give my comment because you're a female no, <laughs> weird i think it i think it means that the females are going to be twice as much trouble as well, that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure uh, but the other thing is is you shall not touch anything holy so like because I'm thinking like God is like very sensitive about putting unclean and sinful things in his holy dwelling of anything, like anything he's made that's consecrated as holy. He does not want to allow it to become unclean. It's kind of like, who's that guy that did the spruce grooves plane? Remember him? Mm-hmm. It was a big giant plane, this very wealthy guy who was a filmmaker. And he, the spruce goose was a huge plane of his kind back in the day Wait. what if the spruce goose got loose <laughs> well, he did i don't think you're, it only flew once um, okay so giant but anyway the guy was a germaphobe he could not touch anything he would he was kind of a recluse and everything had to be like purified all the time like he was super and he got that way the wealthier he got so i know like you know certain people but i don't think this is what this is really is like we God is not saying that he's so worried about like germs, you know, contaminating yeah. his holy holiness. So how would you represent like what he's actually saying that nothing can that's unclean can be in contact with his holiness? You think that has to do with like the imperfection of sin and death that he is no longer he doesn't he never well yeah, I mean that would make a lot of sense what you're saying because you know the type and shadow idea. So you know Jesus gave us instant reconciliation with the father so then we're clean by being saved so right. yeah that's that's really good yeah so he has a purpose uh when the days of her purifying are fulfilled whether for the son or for a daughter she shall bring a year old lamb 
for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering to the priest at the entrance of the tent meeting, who shall offer it before the Lord and make atonement for her? Then she shall be cleansed of the issue of her blood. So this is another weird thing that's going on. So she gives birth. So the blood is going to come out of her, right? Yeah. It's it's part of the system. But yet she still has to be cleansed from the issue of her blood and she has to do a sin offering to make atonement for her. What's it seems on? strange to me. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't not get that because it's like punishing her to have a child because it's like right. don't like it's making it sound like it's simple act but it's the blood part that it's simple not the actual birth correct obvious that's the case but why right yeah i mean i i don't know i when i when i read that i, I can't reconcile that i don't know yeah i can't either so i think that one will probably have to let it explain itself later. Uh, this is the law for the woman who has given birth to the male or female child. If she cannot afford a lamb, she shall bring two turtle doves or two pigeons, one for the burnt offering, the other for the sin offering. And the priest shall make atonement for her and she shall be clean. So she's unclean for giving birth, which I guess we'll figure that out someday. So this is chapter 13 on laws concerning leprosy. This is a very long chapter and it goes in depth about the skin issues and sores. So I thought this was kind of important in a way that if we are outside of the medical system or if we kind of end up having to restart humanity in a way uh, outside the protected system, then all these things are going to be like known. And especially if they start unleashing new things in the, you know, in the environment as far as communal diseases. Mm -hmm. and you might want to know like what's serious skin disease and what's not. I actually, sometimes I get the psoriasis on my skin. So I always wonder like, you know, if this, this is going to answer anything. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, when a man has on his skin of his body, a swelling, a scab or a spot, it turns on the skin of his body, like a mark of a leprous sore. He, then he shall be brought to Aaron and the priest to one of his sons, the priest, and the priest shall examine the mark on the skin of the body. And when their hair on the diseased area is white and the mark appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, then it's a leprous sore. So the priest shall look on him and pronounce him unclean. If the spot is white on the skin of the body and it appears to have no deeper than the skin and the hair is not white, when the priest shall isolate the person who has the mark for seven days, then the priest shall examine on him on the seventh day. And if the mark is still visible, the mark has not spread into the skin, then the priest shall isolate him for seven days more. And the priest shall examine him again on the seventh day. And if the mark has faded, and not spread into the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is only a scab, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the scab spreads in the skin after has been seen by the priest for his cleaning, he shall be seen by the priest again. And if the priest sees the scab has spread in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is leprosy. Leprosy is nasty stuff. It eats away your skin, and even like it's on your face or your toes or your fingers. You can lose it all. So what do you think about this? Well, what I thought about it was that I had actually two two things, three things. I mean, this is the whole chapter in my mind is that it seems quite impressive, the, the process here. You know, the idea of if there's a problem, you segregate the person. 
that makes, yeah. you know, that's just, I put it, you know, my note just, I wrote to myself, impressive doctoring. Um, yet we're, you know, we're programmed in today's society, but even back then, I'm going to have you look up a reference right now, but even back then they were programmed to not rely on God for yeah. their their problem. So look at, if you look up Second Chronicles 16, 12. So in the 39th year of the reign of Asa, he had a sickness in his feet until his sickness became grave. Even in his disease, he did not seek after the Lord, but the physicians. Oh my gosh. I never even noticed that. That applies to us today for sure. Well, exactly. You know, so here they have quite an impressive, um, situation but then you know I, I looked at so this idea of of um the the whole lockdown thing with covid how did they yeah. pull that off so again you look at the stakes in the ground so satan has a way of twisting scripture so here we have the whole idea of isolation right here right yeah so people would say okay you know being isolated makes sense right but did it make sense with did it make sense with COVID? Well, remember we talked earlier about the stakes in the ground. So the stake yeah. that they put in the ground with COVID, then this is how they pulled it off. If you think about it, is they put a stake in the ground that we have a virus. Yeah. Okay, so that was a lie. Yeah. So then everybody's afraid of a virus, right? That's why we have vaccines. I mean, you know, as I've well, been more, you know, it's more woken yeah. up, yeah. right? I mean, I don't think, I actually don't think there's any viruses. No, uh, I don't. That, that's yeah, that's where I'm at today. I think it's all a lie because that yep. promoted the vaccine agenda. I mean, it, the whole thing set us up for, for COVID, which COVID was a setup for even something way bigger than that. But anyway, um, that's what I thought about when I, yeah. No, I, that's I right on. I think I like this verse a lot because I kind of knew this idea, but I never knew there was an actual verse for it. I really like this a lot. So I'll, I'm going to share you my little story recently that happened to me. I do have high blood pressure and other, I have all kinds of problems, but that's one that's been ongoing for a little while. Okay. And I didn't want to get on drugs because they're always pushing me to get on drugs. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to solve it the way I try to do with diet. And I exercise. I do go regularly. But still, the other day, it was kind of high for whatever reason. And sometimes it just might get impacted. But I had a dentist appointment. It was just a teeth cleaning. And she refused. So one, they wanted me to fill out all these forms with like in-depth medical history that no one should be asking you anyway. So I refused to fill out those forms. Then she still kept on trying to ask in the appointment. And then she wanted to do the blood pressure test. And I didn't want to do it, but I, you know, it took me a year to get the stupid appointment. So I said, all right, fine. And then, of course, it came high as it normally does. And then she said, well, if it doesn't go down, I'm not going to do it. And I, I got so mad. I'm like, you're not going to clean my teeth, even though I've been coming here for a year for like all these appointments where they've done all these things and all you're doing is cleaning. Just having that conversation with her, it went up 20 more points the next time she did it. So then she Well, said, of course. I mean, that's yeah. the what was the what was the motivation of even doing it? I because they're forcing it. I think they're making a requirement to like, I don't know why it has no bearing on like 
if if I had all these serious dental visits where never, and if they had done that to me then, I would not even gotten that work done, but they never asked. So this was the only time she was a strickler. So she did it, but then I lost the appointment because she wasn't going to do it. Then she was forcing me, like basically blackmailing me. If, if, it, if you don't do this, I won't do it. Then I, I just walked out. To add to the story, then I'm like, I really, I wanted to pray over the situation because I, I didn't want to get on pills, but I recognized that they were going to start to discriminate me from medical services if I don't get on the pills. Essentially, the agenda, I think what they're doing is that there are a lot of elderly people that come in with a lot of these diagnosed problems, and they want to put them in the system. So that forces them to kind of alert that they have to be on meds. And if you don't get on meds, or if you don't take the VAC, or if you don't do this, no services. 20 years ago, they would never do this thing, but now they do it. So anyway, when I started praying with these groups of people, or the, I asked a group to pray over me. Uh, she gave me a tip. She did pray over me, but she also gave me a tip to lemon juice, natural lemons. She said it worked for her mother to lower high blood pressure like within 30 minutes. And I was like, what? Is, is it that simple? I had lemons. I did it and it worked. It did lower my 20 points when I drink it right after. So I just take straight lemon in water, the whole lemon, not even half. And within 30 minutes or so, the blood pressure started becoming lower. I was so excited because like now I have a way to kind of keep it in check if it gets a little bit well, higher. It's up until you read Leviticus chapter 16. Did you read ahead or not? I haven't read ahead. What was the answer? Okay. Because that's the unclean lemon chapter. What? Really? No, I'm just... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you were an easy mark with that one. <laughs> I was. I'm like, oh no, the lemons. I was going to go buy a bag of lemons tomorrow. Oh, that's good I stuff. Need lemon. So back to leprosy. Person has leprosy, then it shall be reported to the priest, and the priest shall examine him. And if there is a white swelling in the skin and has turned the hair white, then there is raw flesh in the swelling. It is reoccurring leprosy in the skin of his body and the priest shall pronounce him unclean he shall not isolate him for he is unclean what for he shall not isolate him why are they not being isolated so reoccurring leprosy in the skin the priest makes him pronounce it unclean but they're not isolated they're not in isolation anymore but they have leprosy they have reoccurring leprosy so this is kind of a strange yeah that's uh that <laughs> And, you know, if you keep reading it, we'll cut, because the next piece may relate to the first piece. So oh, let's yeah. keep reading with 12 here because I have a comment on. Okay. On, uh, if the leprosy breaks out all over the skin and the disease covers all the skin of the person who has the disease from his head to his feet, wherever the priest looks and the priest shall examine. And if the leprosy has covered all of his body, he shall pronounce him clean from the disease. It has turned white and he is clean, but when the raw flesh appears on him, he shall be unclean. But the priest shall see the raw flesh and pronounce him to be unclean, for the raw flesh is unclean, it is leprosy. Or if the raw flesh turns again and is changed to white, then he shall be come to the priest and the priest shall see him. If the disease is changed to white, then the priest shall pronounce him 
clean who has a disease, he is clean. So I guess leprosy, if the skin turns white, is the answer where it tells them he's clean. You know, so I, what I wondered about this whole piece when I read it was, is leprosy contagious? Is it? I don't know. I'm guessing uh, it's not because it, the, and, but this is our whole, right? We're in this mindset and this is where, you know, I, I start, you know, when I look outside and I see a tree, I mean, I'm not at this point yet where I think, I wonder if that tree is real. I mean, but this is, yeah, I'm not joking at this point because I start, you know, when you start deprogramming yourself, Seema, you start seeing the world in a different. Yeah. Right. So we are thinking anytime somebody is sick, they're contagious, right? Right. But is that true? Not all. Yeah, I think your body. But I mean, what? Which? Which ones? I mean, is there is is there anything that's really contagious? Some, yes, because part of them being isolated, uh, it was for the purpose of not contaminating the next person. I think in that sense. So what this so far is kind of telling me is that something breaks out on their skin, which is contagious on its own. Mm -hmm. But if it's like a raw flesh, it is, it's, and it's spreading. So if it's spreading, I think that is contagious. If it turns white, I mean, it runs its cords. It almost becomes like ash. It burns itself out and doesn't have any effect. So then I actually have a little skin condition on my hand, which, because I itch all, all of the time. And then when it does turn white, because when it dries up, it turns white. So I think once that happens, they just determine that it's not uh, spreadable because it's the raw flesh that has the open wounds. And when it has open wounds, it has all these bacteria contamination. And that bacteria is what spreads from one person to the next. So I think it, it is. It could be. I mean, I also made it know, you know, obviously the priest is inspecting the person. All right. So, so does he have, does he has God's favor because he's doing God's command? You know, well, that certainly could be. I think so, because they're consecrated to be holy. So I don't know if they would get any of the diseases they have to inspect. But at the same time, why bring up seven-day quarantine if it wasn't communable? And then 14 days for some. Yeah, I don't. It's, but then what, what really throws the wrench is, is the end of verse 11. That's why this is. Oh, yeah. He shall not. He shall not isolate him. For he is because unclean. he is unclean. So reoccurring leprosy. So maybe it's not contagious then. So maybe know. leprosy in itself is not contagious. What do you think about that? It seems like that's the case. I... But then why did they, you know, in the olden days when Jesus came, there were leper colonies and nobody would talk to them. Nobody, And Jesus went in. But Jesus days. did. Yeah. So if it's not contagious, that would make sense. Maybe they were just ostracized because of the deformities that they went Correct. through. Yeah. I think I'm in agreement with that, that maybe it's not transferable, but it kind of makes them diseased in a way. Uh, when the skin has a boil and is healed, in the place of the boil, there's white swelling or a reddish white spot, then it will be shown to the priest. And if the priest sees it and is in deeper than the skin, then the hair has turned white then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous sore that has broken out in the boil. And if the priest looks at it, then there's no white hairs in it. And if it is not deeper than the skin has faded, the priest shall isolate the person for seven days. 
if the spread around the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean and it is a leper sore. But if the spot stays in the place, does not spread, then it's a scar of the boil and the priest shall pronounce him clean. The only thing is that you wouldn't need isolation if it was only just for that one person. And that fact that they're pronouncing them unclean, and then some of them have to cry out, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. That would force people around. To warn other, warn other people, presumably, yeah, right? Right. So I, it might be communicable diseases. I don't know. Did we already read when they had to cry out that they're unclean? Not for you and I, but you may have already. No, it was in this um, section. So maybe I haven't gotten there yet. Okay. Or if there's some of the skin on the body where there is a burn and the raw flesh that has a burn becomes reddish or white spot, then the priest shall examine it. And if the hair on the spot has turned white and is deeper than the skin, it is a leprous broken out from the burn. Therefore, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous sore. But if the priest looks at it and there's no white hair in in the spot and is no deeper than the other skin and is faded, then the priest shall isolate him for seven days. And the priest shall examine him on the seventh day, and if the spread around the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leper sore. If the spot stays in place and it does not spread to the, in the skin, but is faded, then the swelling from the burn and the priest shall pronounce him clean, for it is a scar from the burn. If a man and or a woman has a sore on the head or in the beard, then the priest shall examine the sore, and if the it is deeper than the skin, and there is in it a yellow thin hair, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a scaly leprosy of the head or beard. If the priest examines the scaly sore and is no deeper than the skin, and there's no black hair in it, then the priest shall isolate the person with scale for seven days. And on the seventh day, the priest shall examine the sore, and if the scale has not spread there's no yellow hair in it, and the scale is not deeper than the skin. Then he shall shave, but the scale that he shall not shave, and the priest shall isolate the person with the scale for another seven days. On the seventh day, the priest shall examine the scale. If the scale has not spread in the skin and is no deeper than the skin, the priest shall pronounce him clean. He shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the scale spreads over the skin after his cleansing, then the priest shall examine it. If the scale has spread over the skin, the priest shall not look for yellow hair. He is unclean. But if the scale appears not to have changed or there is black hair growing in it, the scale is healed. He is clean and the priest shall pronounce him clean. Wow. So this is all leprosy looking for spots. So they're, they're, they're the early medical doctors in a sense. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, if a man or a woman has spots on the skin of the body, even white, bright spots, then the priest shall examine. And if the bright spots on the skin of the body are faded white, then it's just a rash that has broken out on the skin and he is clean. So I guess I have just a rash. When a man has lost hair from his head, then he is bald. He is still clean. Well, that's good to know, right? Bald-headed man. <laughs> well, now that, okay, you opened up the Pandora's <laughs> box there because now we're on the hair again, right? <laughs> so you got to jump. 
<laughs> so you, you, I don't know why I've got this funny bone today. I mean, <laughs> oh, I, just, I just, I just do it. But jump back to twenty nine. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I didn't interrupt you because you're on a roll. No, that's okay. Oh, okay. So, so look at this. If a man or woman has a soreness, head or in the beard. So yeah, we have we had bearded women back then. Oh, that is really? a strange. I mean, well, look at it. That's what it says. Oh, man or a woman. Oh my God, I didn't even make that reference. So women had beard. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think so. But those again, I'm just nasty. Yeah, yeah. Those, <laughs> I can't imagine that, but I doubt if they did. I just see it as you know my oh, stupid I sense of humor. It doesn't. I think it's kind of implying that both get it. If a man or woman has a sword <laughs> on the head or in the head. I have a feeling we'd be thrown out of the um, the Bible study class if we started coming in with the bearded woman story. <laughs> I don't think anybody now, would buy. It makes sense that those bearded women, maybe they're not just surface thing. Maybe they're actually <laughs> real. <laughs> 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 See now you're catch you're catching the drip here. That's good. All right. So Yeah. Oh yeah. Where where were we now? You're at 40. Oh, okay. When a man has lost hair on his head, he is bald, he is clean. When a man lost hair from his forehead, then he is bald on the forehead. Well, we already know that though. <laughs> oh my gosh, Grace Grace would be just howling over this because right, I mean it's like the blinding flash of the obvious, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you never finished this now. You're you're never having me back, I don't. No, no. <laughs> that was good. Like it's, <laughs> there's a lot of focus on here. <laughs> <laughs> so now I know you're you're gonna have an awful lot of time editing this one. Yeah. Uh -uh. Okay. <laughs> this isn't coming out for three weeks because there's so much editing. Well, I don't think I've ever laughed this hard for reading the Bible, so maybe that's a good thing. Because <laughs> I don't know why they keep focusing on that. Oh. Okay. I mean, this is these are the hair chapters. <laughs> Yeah. What if uh, there is on the bald head and a bald forehead a reddish white sore? It is a leprous disease breaking out on his bald head <laughs> or his bald forehead. Then the priest shall examine it. If the disease swelling is reddish white on his bald head or his bald forehead, resembling a leprous disease in the skin of the body, he is leprous. He is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him unclean his disease on his head. Oh, this is the part that I was talking about. I think they're starting, they're going to yeah. yell, maybe. Uh, maybe. The man who has a leprous disease shall have torn clothes and disheveled hair, and he shall cover his mustache and shall cry, unclean, unclean. Why are they doing that? To let everybody know? That's the only thing that makes sense. Let's see if my Bible has a reference there. Oh, so this is like, it looks like the guy is totally, looks like a mess. He has... Torn clothes yeah. and disheveled hair, and he shall cover the mustache and shall. This is a weird. Yeah, my my Bible has a reference. It says, as a result of their separation from God, the unclean were to exhibit their grief by tearing their clothes, 
by having unkept hair and by partially covering their faces. So doesn't that kind of imply these people are kind of simple? Because they were taken out of the camp. So I'll read the next verse. All the days that he has a disease, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone and he shall live outside the camp. But then all these other people got to so go does this camp. does this imply that that he got leprosy because of a sin? Well, the only time they kept things outside the camp was that it was always referenced to sin. That like that was their banishment. So everything inside the camp was sanctified, it was clean and it was holy, but outside the camp it was all the sin offerings, it was unclean, and it kind of represented the world in a way. Correct. So then this guy is kind of kicked out of the camp, and he has to live alone. I think this kind of actually references sin, and he has to cry, unclean, unclean. So that's that's punishment in a way. But why did he get the leprosy to start with? That's what I'm asking. Oh, like how he got the... Yeah, how did he get it? I am guessing that they did something sinful that allowed the disease to spread. It does, and I don't. None of these chapters say how they got it, but like from today's references, you know, the STDs, right? A lot of the stuff that they communicable diseases they come from people having bodily contacts that are unclean to begin with. Like they just keep spreading it, but even when they get it, they do these weird things that are not meant for. <laughs> like normal, what God didn't ordain as like the righteous sexual activities, they they do it from other ways. So maybe this something was going on inside the camp that made them catch these diseases. But yeah. nothing was said in the Bible how they got it. But whatever it is, God was not happy about it. Because what I don't get is like how some people were allowed to do the seven-day quarantine then go back in. And if their leprosy was like, the skin turned white again. They were pronounced clean and they could rejoin the society. Um, right. This one is just saying it's over for him. Right. You're outside the camp now. It's all done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I, I haven't gone into it. Maybe we'll find out later. Yeah. Um, the law about leprous garments. If the garment has leprous disease, whether it's wool or linen garment, whether it is in the wrap of or a woof of the linen or wool fabric, or in the leather of anything made le of leather. And if the disease is greenish or reddish in the garment or in the leather or in the warp or woof, or if anything made of leather, it is leprous disease and shall be shown to the priest. And the priest shall examine the disease and isolate the infected article for seven days. And he shall examine the disease on the seventh day. And if the disease has spread in the garment, either in the warp or in the woof or in the leather or in any work that he has made of leather, this is a spreading leprous disease and it is unclean. So I think the leprous thing, the spreading part must be what's contagious. And the other thing I noticed that the reason for quarantine within the seventh day, like that's when the natural cycle of diseases, I think any disease probably it, it lived its course out. So if things don't yeah. change after the seventh day, like it's not if you're not getting worse, or if you're not so that spread, you know, the idea of spreading like quarantine for 14 days, great, uh, or even a flu or a cold, whatever. I think maybe there's a time limit when these diseases progress or don't progress after the seventh day. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so he shall therefore burn that garment, whether warp or wolf, wool or linen, anything leather that has the disease, for it is spreading leper's disease and shall be burned in the fire. If the priest examines it and the disease has not spread in the garment, either in the warp or the wolf or anything of the leather, then the priest shall command that they wash the article in which the disease appears and it shall isolate it for seven days more. The priest shall examine the infected article after it's been washed, and if the infected spot has not changed in color, even if the disease has not spread, it is unclean. If the infected spot has not changed in color. So it's still unclean. That's weird. The yeah, I don't get... Yeah. yeah, maybe it might not... Really I mean, burning it makes total sense to me. I mean, that, that part makes sense. Yeah, that's uh, like mold. You got to get rid of it or it'll just keep... Keep spreading, yeah. Right, but yeah, interesting that the the chapter heading in my Bible is mildew or mold, versus your Bible is leprosy and clothes, leprous garments. Thing. What if it's the same thing? What if like mold infection is? But no, that's a skin disease. Yeah. I think mold is like similar idea. Maybe that's what it is. If your Bible says mold, maybe it's well, mold. that's only in this sub. You know, in the earlier one, it calls, instead of leprosy, it says it's an infectious skin disease. Um, um, I have never dug into to this, like some uh, some of the other verses that I, you know, you do a deep dives into verses that are really applicable to what you're, yeah. what you're doing. And this just has never become one of those books that I did a deep dive in. No, I know these books, most people, even me, just kind of. This is probably the most in-depth I've ever done with Leviticus. That's fine. But it's just, even in the plain reading of it, some of it just doesn't make any sense. Like they're commanded if they, so they're quarantined for seven days, the articles. And if it doesn't spread, they have to wash it. And then they quarantine it again for another seven days. And, but they're still calling that spot unclean. So why wear the unclean garment if they're still calling it clean and it never cleans itself? And the priest shall examine the disease and isolate the infected article for seven days, and he shall examine the disease on the seventh day. And if the disease has spread in the garment, either in the warp or in the woof or in the leather or in the work that is made of leather, this is a spreading leprous disease. It is unclean. He shall therefore burn that garment, whether warp or woof or wool or linen or anything leather that has a disease or it's a spreading leper's disease, it shall be burned by fire. If the priest examines it and the disease has not spread in the garment, either in the warp or the woof or anything leather, then the priest shall command that they wash the article which the disease appears and he shall isolate it for seven days more. The priest shall examine the infected article has after it's been washed, and if the infected spot has not changed in its color, even if the disease has not spread, it is unclean. So this is the part that I was a little confused because they're told to wash it, and then they wait seven days. And then even this is after it's washed and the infected spot has not changed in color, even though it's not. Okay, I get it now. So I think in the washing, the spot should go away. So this is saying if... After they washed it, that spot is still there. Even though it didn't spread, it is still unclean. And you shall burn it. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. So they got to burn it if, if that never washes out. You shall burn it in fire whether leprous spot is on the inside or the outside of the article. 
If the priest examine and disease has faded after washing it, he shall tear the spot out of the garment and out of the leather or in the warp or in the woof. And if it still appears in the garment, either in warp or in the woof or anything leather, it is spreading. So this, they have to cut it out. If after they wash it and it's faded, even after they cut it out and it's still spreading, then it's still leprous. So that didn't even fix the problem. So you shall burn it in the fire in which a disease appears, the garment that you have washed, either in warp or woof or anything leather, is the disease is gone from it, then it shall be washed a second time and shall be clean. So I think I know what's going on now. So I'll finish the last verse and we can talk about it. This is the law of the leprous disease in the garment of wool or linen, either in warp or in woof or anything of leather, to determine if it's clean or unclean. I think originally when it spreads, they had to burn it because there was no way to clean it. But the ones after they cleaned it the first time, if it didn't fade, that means it was still unclean and they had to burn it out. If it faded, they had to cut it out. And if it kept spreading, even after they cut it out, then it was no good. They still had to burn it. Right. Wow. So we cover a lot of leprosy now. <laughs> I think it must have been communable disease otherwise they wouldn't be so serious about that because the purpose of the garment if they didn't get it out and they didn't burn it and it would spread and destroy the garment but then that stuff would transfer to the person who was wearing it so i think it must have been catching what do you think of that well it, it makes sense but why would you worry yeah. about clothes if yeah the worst right. thing you did it seems odd that something i mean i can see if if it's, yeah, I don't think it can spread from clothes to a human. So, I mean, this has to be two different things. Well, let's just say they left the spot. The worst that could happen was their clothing would just spread into leprosy. Like, let's just say it's mold or whatever, right? Yes. The worst that can happen is that the garment is destroyed and they just throw it out anyway. But like here, we're only talking about little spots. And... God is saying that if you don't wash it and quarantine it for enough time, and if it doesn't show that it's going to stop spreading, then they have to burn it in fire. So well, now, okay, so now we're getting to the type and shadow type. You know, this this makes perfect sense. I've often said, you know, because I own a business, if you hire somebody who has a liberal mindset, you know, we've you've got to deal with that because it will be a cancer and spread through your whole organization. Yeah. And so how do you deal with, with a cancer? I mean, you've got to cut it out. And so that person, what does that look like? You know, you get it, that person gets a chance. You know, you right. explain, you explain what's going on, that they're, you know, what their mindset is. You talk through the offense and, but you know, that, that has to do with, you know, so, you know, liberalism, it, it, you know, I'm just going to define the term quickly. So people don't think I'm talking about a Democrat. You know, liberalism, liberalism means that morality is relative. That's what liberalism means. Versus non-liberal means morality is absolute. <clears throat> well, I need, I need men who believe that morality is absolute. Otherwise, I cannot, I cannot train them. You can't train, you can't train a liberal. It's impossible. You mentioned that it would just, it would be like cancer if you got, you know the wrong it would be at at the let's say that the you know if you're the general and and your um all of your colonels well let, let's say you had 10 colonels 
and five of them were liberal and five non-liberal or five Christian, five non-Christian. Yeah. You know, the, the non-Christian ones are going to bring down the organization. I mean, that's, you can't have kernels. You can't have the kernels in that. You can't afford to have the kernels be other than loyal to Christianity. Period. Oh, I agree with that. I know I took up well, a lot of your time today, and you had to go. Well, this worked out good. We're only only five minutes over what I was hoping for, so I think we did we did great. You did great. So that's it. And if you ever want to come back and do any more, you you can let me know. I'll be happy to do any book that you want to do. Um, but Jared. Yeah. He's agreed to keep doing this with me, so that's yeah. Great. He's he's uh, you know he's infinitely smarter than I am. Oh no, um, you have a lot of wisdom to offer. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that if you didn't say it, I would, you know, you have a different perspective. You right. Lived, you got a business. You've got your own farm, plus whatever you're fighting with and the medical stuff. So it's all contributing. So oh, thanks. Thanks. I really appreciate. I really appreciate you as a friend. But yeah, I hope to be friends forever, even now yeah. in heaven. So, all right. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Seema. Have a good afternoon or evening. Yep. You too. Bye. Okay. Bye.